Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Scott Martin on the line. Scott, how are you? Awesome. Thank you for having me on your show. It's awesome. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, love your book and and the work you're doing. So for those that don't know you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive into the conversation. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm uh, well, my name is Scott Martin. I've uh, been in, in professionally, I've been in the branding, marketing, growth, um, you know, intersection for the last 28 years. I I've owned my own agency, worked at large agencies. Uh, you know, I've sold and bought a couple of companies already. And uh, now I'm um, just specifically having a consulting firm around uh, sustainable growth marketing, sort of intersection of a creative brand and uh, growth. And so I've re- recently published a book called Groundswell. And um, that book, I just came out in March. And it's re- it's the unseen wave of business growth and and just... It's really a book for people that are looking to make an impact on the world. And there's patterns that I've seen in business. And and the first half of my life in my business was all data-driven, um, you know, science, uh, measuring. And and what I've seen is some of the, the indications of massive growth are not always things that are very obvious and seen. So my book is about that. That's great. And we'll definitely dive into the book in a moment. But the sustainable growth, and it was one of the things that you know, jumped out at me and it was kind of a theme was a lot of people, and this kind of ties into what you said a moment ago about the first part of your career, you know, they're looking at information and they're basically focusing on the here and now. Okay, we're going to do this for this and this and in a very, you know, short window, not thinking, you know, a couple of years out, and again, that can be difficult because, well, if you think back to the last three years, it's been a little different than what we've been accustomed to. But having said that, it's still figuring out what will our future customers need from us? What kind of products or services will they need from us a few years down the road? What can we start now so we can create that need or you know, to pick on Apple you know they they've been great at creating things that we need that we didn't know we needed and i don't you know the word need can be you know construed differently i guess but they've created such a demand for you know a lot of their products because because there are things that you know we didn't know we needed and that's one of the beautiful things about branding and marketing is you know it's storytelling it's getting people to find things in life services or products that you know, make their lives better. So, you know, what got you interested into this kind of field and this work? What got me into this? Yeah. Is, you know, um, well, my, I, I mean, to be really honest with you, I, I, what really sort of catapulted my entire career in this direction, it's going to sound like an odd sort of little zigzag. So I have to give a little bit of backtracking story is um, I remember sitting in the crowd at an event where a guy named Don Peppers, who wrote the book, one-to-one marketing, him and Martha Rogers, they were kind of the the forefront of one-to-one and personalization industry. And um, I saw him speaking and I'm like, oh my gosh, this was in the early uh, 1997 or something. And uh, this is when the internet was just sort of like coming on and I'm like, this is the future. And that really set, 
the direction where I was already working selling websites. And then it put me on a pursuit of what is my speciality? And, um, and I really became enamored with uh, personalization, one-to-one marketing, because what it offered was the ability to create relationships with your, your customers on a one-to-one basis. And I was enamored with how technology can enable this ability to kind of on mass, on scale, create intimacy. And so I actually ended up um, launching uh, my own personalization agency. I actually worked with Don. I founded the Personalization Industry Consortium back in 2001 around um, what was an issue. And the issue still is exists today, which is around, sure, personalization is wonderful, but what I identified was and as everyone did, is personally identifiable information can be, you know, in, in, intruding on your privacy. So we created a nonprofit industry group to self-regulate around um, personalization and management of, of personally identifiable, personally identifiable information, or ethical information management. And so that's what started my career on kind of this intersection of customer intimacy, um, ethical, you know, marketing, ethical uh, thinking in terms of. What's right for the customer long term? Just because you can do it, don't do it. Um, you know, it's like just because you can interrupt uh, somebody in marketing and, and interrupt somebody doesn't mean you should. And so this that became the the uh, my start of my obsession with intimacy and and marketing that works. And that's where I started the first half of my career in in, in data. But I really realized that <clears throat> one of the challenges within marketing is these. I was like chasing growth. And I realized a lot of times growth is very um, short, short-lived, and it's not sustainable, or it could be hurtful to the company. So I was trying to answer, sort of like I was posing this question for the last decade, going, "Is it possible to create sustainable growth, incremental, exponential, geometrical, whatever? But is it can it be sustainable? Can you actually over time grow and actually lower your your economic um, investment over time?" And so that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. That started my journey of kind of shifting into, but still maintaining sustainable growth in terms of relationships, relationships with your customers and personalization to some level. You know, it's a great journey that you've had so far on this. And it's a you know, great segue into the book. And well, a couple of things that you know jumped out at me at the book, it was, you know, you, you talked about waves and, you know, groundswell and you know people that aren't familiar with terms like groundswell it'd be really interesting to hear you know your your perspective on that and and again i love the analogy on it because it ties in so much with the sustainable growth is you know getting ahead of the wave and kind of seeing okay where where are things so i'd love to hear your thoughts on that you know it's such a good question because when i've been so focused on looking at business and all the patterns and pattern matching pattern identification, differentiation, and and creation around, around growth. And what I recognized was, I, I just love nature. You can tell my background. I've like, you know, got a jungle in my background. And as a kid, I grew up in, in the jungle in the Philippines. I was a missionary kid, you know, so I've, just, I've been lived around the ocean. I've been a surfer and I've just been around nature. And I've realized the best teacher of, of sustainable growth is actually nature. And so that's actually gave me a light bulb moment where I'm like, and I'm so I just love surfing. And, and I, I realized, I remember I was, I was like looking at the patterns of waves and that's what built this, the construct, which ironically is based on Don Peppers and Martha Rogers, which is how do you get customers, grow customers and keep customers. And I realized the wave and like a wave is like build, give, grow, transform. It's an iteration of the get, grow, keep. If you think of a, of a groundswell is out in the ocean, how it starts is 
most people, when they think of waves, there's, there's two types of waves. There's like wind waves, which are kind of close surface wind waves. And, and if to the naked eye, maybe for most people, it doesn't seem any different than a groundswell, but a groundswell is very different. It exists in terms of a storm called the, you know, the epicenter of a storm, which I call the epic center of the founder, right? It's like, he is like the storm. And when you storm, if you think of, um, um, if you think of Castaway, right? Like the waves were all kind of chaotic. Initially, a storm is very chaotic. Initially, when a ideation, when Apple is trying to figure out what it's going to do, it's like this all over the place, right? When, when a founder is trying to find their way, they're all over the place. But as soon as the founder has a vision, a direction, epic outcome, a, a destination called land, like a storm, when wind maintains the same direction over time, what happens is these chaotic waves start meeting up. And they start working together and you start creating exponential energy that's moving. And from the air, this, what happens is they look like, like corduroy um, uh, jeans or soldiers marching towards the coast. And what it does is it moves. So it's like build, it builds this energy. Um, it moves, it's moving towards the, the shore. You can see the movement now on the surface. Now it becomes visible. When it's, it's all vis what's visible is wind is invisible, but what becomes visible is this pressure against the water. And then it changes as it hits the land and it transforms into a wave when it breaks. So these are the four. And I'm like, that pattern actually works in nature, right? There's a build, give, grow phase in, in plants, right? Like you, the, the build phase is like, and I call the build phase for entrepreneurs is like, you're building, you're planning, you're thinking, right? You're building your storm. You're thinking about stuff, but as, and energetically, it's like a bowstring. It's going the opposite direction. And, and I realized that that was such an important um, component because most people don't, Take the time to just go backwards. Most entrepreneurs just want to go. Let's go. Taking the time to plan, think, and and work. So build is like when you're, it's like winter. You know, you're 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 in hibernation. But then give is when you're planting the seed. It's like give is the I call it the give is the new get. It's like instead of trying to think about getting customers, what are you giving the world? Like Apple was trying to give a new a new way of things you never even thought of, right? That's their gift to the world, right? So that innovation is a gift. Um, give can be how you energetically if, um, look at giving, um, you know, think of freemium models, you know, for software. It's like puppy dog clothes, try it until you buy it, right? Like give is like, instead of trying to go, how do I get customers? It's changing your thinking and going, how do I give to get customers? What, what's my give to them? And, and a give being something so powerful that they want to. And I think of a storm, it's giving energy to the waves. And then it change. It's like the the next growing is that grow the grow the roots before the fruits, right? If you want to, if you want to grow, most people think about growing and trying to get more customers. But I think you start with the roots. You start with the reinvesting. Apple invests and keeps investing back into its own innovation, the people and its customer you know experience. And the last is transform. How do you keep customers? That transformation of the wave is when it actually transforms from what was one thing to it's all the energies in that point. And we think of transformation is. That's why I'm calling the ultimate growth loop, because if you transform somebody, right, it moves into move, change, transform. If you transform somebody, it's different because if I move products, I'm just moving. It's moving energy, right? I'm moving my wave. The wave is moving. But if it change, I change you from an, a PC user to Apple user, that's where word of mouth lives. And I'm willing to tell other people. But if you transform it, meaning I'll never buy another computer the same way. If I never will buy a ticket the same way, I never read a book the same way, whatever, think about marketing the same way, then, then people are compelled to tell other people. And that becomes a growth loop. And it's, and that's really the basis of, I look at nature and all the different things in nature. And I'm like, looking at that as being, that is the ultimate sustainable growth marketing model to follow. 
And I love that. And one of the, you know, the phrase you said, you know, grow the roots before the fruits. It's one of those things that I advise new entrepreneurs that are just starting out. You know, they're obviously anxious to start generating revenue and building things and all of that stuff. But, you know, I tell them, and this is because yeah, I'm a systems guy, I like foundations, I like structure set up where it just, you utilize the tools and services to make it easier and as seamless as possible to deploy a product or service. You get that right, then it gives you the ability to scale. Because if you don't, then you're going to get to the point where the bottleneck will be the entrepreneur. It's like, yeah, you know, we, you know, and you've we lost, lost the product. opportunity, it's passed you by. And yeah, you may have ruined the customer experience. You're exactly right. Yeah. And I, I see it time and time again. Yeah. And it's like, you know, yes, I know you want to generate revenue for a billion reasons, but it's like you get that back house set. You don't have to worry about it and that everything's taken care of. That just makes the client experience so much better. They, they know, okay, you know, my team will send you this or this, here's this and this. You just have it. And, you know, a lot of times you hear people say, well, if you're building a course, let's say an online course, it's like build it as you come because you're going to get feedback from your clients. So some people have said, you know, don't even bother starting to build it. And I, I, that just goes against everything that I have. It's like build it. And if you get feedback, then you improve it. You know, there was one time Windows 1.0. I remember it wasn't good. And, you know, some people argue, especially if they're Mac fans, that, you know, and none of those windows are good. But, you know, I, I've used both and, you know, I, I have no, you know, I, I use a Mac, full disclosure, but I've used Windows in recent months. So I'm a Mac guy. I don't yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, and, they just work, you know, it's like, it just works. And there's, yes, there's security patches, but it, it just, it works because they've done so much in the making it flow. And it's really going to be interesting to see on a completely different subject, how they add, you know, AI type of components to the OS and everything else, because you know, they will, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be buying those $3,000 glasses right away, but you know, Hey, you never know. But, but it's, again, it's one of those things where, and again, going back to the analogy, it it's, you get those foundational things, right? It sets you up to be successful. Now there's still work you have to do. You still have to have a product or a service that people will want, but, you know, if you have these things in place, then you can focus your time and energy working with, you know, individuals like yourself to kind of get the branding and everything else right and the marketing and who's your who's your audience, you know, who's your ideal customer. You get really granular on that. Doesn't mean you can't sell to somebody else that doesn't fit that quote unquote mold, but still, if you have everything else set up, it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, it might extend the time out, but you know, it's for somebody that, that, that disregards that with your advice is that they have never been part of something that's exploded, blown up, or it takes you backwards. Recovering from a customer experience that is because you didn't take the time to build the systems correctly is far more uh, devastating than taking a little extra time with planning up front and, and ensuring scalability with the systems and the relationships that you're creating. So 
that impatience, I mean, you saw my book, Patience is the New Growth Act. That is probably one of the biggest lessons. That's why like, I think like 60% of my book is the build phase because most people don't want to spend the time building the systems, building the time, the strategy. And it's counterintuitive for us entrepreneurs because we just want to, let's just go, let's get customers. And, and I believe in also patience isn't passive. That doesn't mean, think of it like extreme patience. Like you are working hard, you're focusing on cash flow, but you're doing the things that need to be done so that you can scale because if you really want to build something of meaning, if you don't have those systems in place, what's going to happen is you're going to start over and to start over with a brand on on that's that's like already somewhat damaged is very difficult to come back from. Oh yeah, it's so you, just and then someone that doesn't that doesn't agree with you has never been part of seeing that disasters. I mean, I'm, you know, I've probably been around long enough where I've been, I've seen enough disasters, and I'm like, look, you want to take. The, the, there is no there is no shortcuts is basically my message in my book so you know but it doesn't slow no shortcuts doesn't mean slow yeah you can have things take off really quick we've seen yeah. that and have it's just if you have a product or a service that makes people's lives easier or solves a problem that they have you and you find those people and they you know see what you have and they find you then that will you know that'll obviously give you a good chance to be successful on it but it's but and i agree with you wholeheartedly it's like if you miss fire you do something and we've seen all through you know history you know where you know the media or somebody else will jump on a brand or something because they misfired or did something wrong or you know, you name it, and you know, not to get any political talk or anything like that. But we've even seen it in recent times too, with certain brands doing certain things and upsetting people, and it impacts their stock price and and you know all that kind of stuff. So people are very, very quick to judge, and I believe me, I wish that wasn't the way in in life or in brands and things like that. But someone can make a decision about your product or service. And if it's not rock solid, they're going to go, Ugh. and you're not going to get them as a customer, even say, Hey, we've improved it. And I, I remember, you know, I've seen products that I've had pitched to me and it wasn't ready. And, you know, they came back, you know, they say, you know, we've got it improved and all of that. And I'm like, I, yeah, and once you lose I, it, you lose it. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Right. And if, unless I was still in need of something, then I would, you know, I, I may give them another opportunity. But in many cases, I've moved on from that and I found another solution. And it's like, okay, it's not, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to do anything to wow me to change me from, you know, switching from this to this. And it's just, you know, I'm not saying that your product has to be perfect. No product is, but. You know, you you want to make sure that everything's buttoned up as possible because if you end up with egg on your face, it's yeah, that's it's well, tough. I think that on the product, so that's a, that's an interesting thing because I think most entrepreneurs, the product is important, but the relationship with the customer is even more important because the customer, if you have a deep relationship with the customer, they'll forgive you if you build community around your product. And that's part of building ground well. It's like building intimacy with your customer and having them give you feedback. You can almost have a crappy product and have them part of the solution of making it better. You're seeing that with, with people that create community around beta products and they know it's janky. They're actually okay with it because they're now 
you're bringing them along in the journey, right? Like build up, the idea of a groundswell is like an uprising, right? It starts from the ground up. It's a, like a movement, right? Like Black Lives Matter, that meant to be a movement, but it wasn't really trying to just be a movement, right? It was like, it was trying to be, create change. And, and ultimately, even that was like, ultimately change the way that we think, right? Like move, change, transform. If you keep following that same logic, move, change, transform, in, in, in your relationships with your customers is first you need to move them. Like when you move them, you're kind of like, I think of Tony Robbins quote, you know, life's happening for me, not to me. It moves me. You listen to music, it moves you, but you don't tell the world. That's how business, that's the foundational stuff. You have to move energy, move products, move services. But if you can change customers, you bring them along, like change their, change their opinion, get them, work with them and change their sort of like alchemy of like how they feel the relationship with you. Now you've got where word of mouth lives and that's where they're, that's where most businesses if they're doing a good job. But if you transform them, meaning you bring them into the process, they're no longer a customer. They see themselves as an investor. They see themselves as an invested stakeholder. They see themselves as part of a community that's transforming from a customer to a different person and in human that's actually part of your business. Then you actually can make them, you don't need to have a perfect product. You could, they'll be along on the journey with you. And I think that's one thing that, that if, if entrepreneurs shifted some of their energy in the relationships, they, they could get away with not having to make a perfect, because how many perfect products has been there? And there was crickets and they weren't able to launch it. They ran out of money. They didn't have the audience. They didn't have buy-in. There's a whole bunch of different reasons. And I'd leave with, I'd end with this one quote, which is I tell entrepreneurs, there's this great quote from an African proverb. It says, dig a well before you're thirsty. Think about that. How many people are building products in a, in a in a cave and they haven't even thought about building their audience, right? So part of building a groundswell is like bringing them along, building an audience before you need it. I always find it crazy. For years, someone's going to go, Scott, can you market this? I built this. It's perfect. I spent all our money on this. And I'm like, well, do you have any customers? Like, do we have like, what? no, can you find them? And I always thought that was backwards. And, and now I think that with this world that we live in, with AI, with community and stuff, you're going to see a shift in marketing and branding, where it's going to go, I have this huge audience. How can I serve them? I'm listening to what they're saying. This is what I'm bringing to them. It's it's a it's a complete upside down model that I think is coming. And I think that businesses like Apple, in some ways, they're doing that. Smart companies are like, I think the gaming companies are the ones that really get this because they get so much feedback from their game, the gamers and stuff like to make the iterations. As a matter of fact, they bring them part. They have like pods of people that that almost reconfigure and design the future state of what their games are. So I think that there's a shift coming and it's going to be audience first products coming into the audience. And I hope, I hope that is, and I, I agree with you. I think that's where it's going to go. And it's, it brings it back to the relationship piece. And when people feel that they have a stake in it, you know, whether it's in a beta program or uh, an advisor or an insider group, you know, we're, we're thinking about doing this. Okay. Well, you know, what are your suggestions? And you offer it. And, you know, I'm a part of a few of those things and done some advisory work in my career. And it's just, it, it, it's great. It's like, I, here's from my vantage point. If they use it, if it makes sense, Great. If it doesn't, great. You know, it's just an observation. But uh, having that ability to have some input and in, in shape some things makes a better product because it's actually serving the needs that your customers have and not what you think they have. When the customers actually tell you what they need and you give it to them, they're going to be pretty happy about that. The market headline is totally different. Um, I, I created what you asked for. We listened. Um, you know, 
you, we, we, you, you told us what to do. Here's here it is like different than going, Hey, what do you think? <laughs> it's a much, it's really what it's, what it's, I actually think what's happening in my mind is there's no one, nobody has an appetite for marketing. Marketing is like economic waste. Really. If you think about it, I'm actually against marketing, which is crazy. Cause I'm in marketing. I love marketing, but I don't love marketing because I want to do more marketing. I love the thinking around how to be creative and do less marketing. And the way to do less marketing is to be remarkable. I love that quote, advertise, uh, advertising is tax you pay for being unremarkable. You know, it's like become remarkable. And, and the way to do it is to be have intimacy. And the closer you can create your client intimacy, have them be part of the groundswell, making the movement to create the change with you, what you're doing and transforming together. That's why I think community is such a powerful thing. And that's what the core of a groundswell is creating a community, creating a group of people that are moving in a direction. Yep. And you do that, you're going to be thriving as a business. So absolutely, love this conversation, Scott. Where can people find out more about you and all this amazing work? Yeah. You know, you can get a free chapter in my book, uh, 50 pages. It's um, groundswellfreechapter.com. And um, um, Groundswell Origins is my business. But uh, I would just encourage anybody to go to my free area. I've got a free community where I have so many free resources. And just go to groundswellinnercircle.com. Um, I'm going to be having a workbook. I can have a bunch of uh, more resources for my book there. And groundswellinnercircle.com is going to be also a free area. And you can be part of my community. Um, I'd rather be make my my first interaction with if you want to talk to me or learn more about me is free resources. And the last is I have a groundswellpodcast.com is my podcast. If you want to hear a little bit more about some of the philosophies and the journey towards building Groundswell. I definitely have that information in the show notes. So Scott, thank you again for this amazing work. And again, thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.